DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK. Yeah. It's official. Yeah, siege, man, siege. Give him the news. You teased it. The Smith Entertainment Group, the sale is now official. And we were on a conference call with Ryan Smith earlier this week, and he said it would be done by the end of the week, most likely, and that is exactly what has happened. The NBA Board of Governors have voted uh, unanimously to approve the sale of the Jazz from the Millers to Ryan Smith and his wife, Ashley. So this includes the Jazz, Vivid Arena, the G League, uh, the Bees, and then there's a separate agreement uh, because I guess I assume it's FCC situations yeah. as far as purchasing the Zone Sports Network, and that'll follow in time. So these properties will comprise the newly formed Smith Entertainment Group with SAG or SEAG. I don't know how, the, how they're going to call it. So there you go. As expected, I don't think there was ever any doubt that this was going to happen. Ryan Smith is the new owner of the Jazz. All right, so what changes now going forward? Probably in the short run, nothing, and in the long run, stuff we can't possibly anticipate now, would be my guess. Well, there would be change even if the Millers had kept it from this year to next year to the year after, so forth and so on. It's just the nature of the business. And obviously, Ryan Smith is going to come in and have his input. I mean, he owns the team, so he certainly should be able to do as he pleases. I love the fact that he is a fan. I mean, I'm really interested to see how that is going to play out. And, you know, when we were on that conference call with him the other day, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me, uh, what, I don't know what I don't know type of thing. And there's been some management changes already, and we were on one yesterday as it relates to us. And you're getting people that have expertise in one area. Well, it doesn't mean they have expertise in everything. And so they need to learn to see what's going on. And in and, and our new boss that we had yesterday, that's what he was saying as he was talking about, you know, the future and what we have. Um, I'm excited about it uh, to have this opportunity to go forward and to be a part of it and change Change is something that can be viewed as a time of nervousness, but the fact that Ryan Smith is every bit the Utah, can I say Utah man? I mean, I don't mean it as far as University uh, of Utah. The University of the, the Utah family with Ryan and Ryan Smith and his wife Ashley. They are every bit a Utah family as the Millers were and are. That gives me. Uh, as a fan of the Jazz wanting them to stay here and succeed, gives me some level of great comfort. I think if there's one thing in his bio that Jazz fans should hold on to, because I think local ownership matters. Uh, Not that you can't succeed without local ownership. You can, but it's much trickier. And, um, you know, I don't think you succeed with long-distance ownership. Uh, You know, people have to relocate and... You know, how does that go and all of that. But just the fact that in his resume includes junior jazz player, that should tell you a lot. You know, that underscores a lot of stuff. How about a guy who scalped tickets once upon a time for... <laughs> you can keep piling on, but junior jazz player tells me that elementary school, junior high, uh, you were in the Intermountain West. Because junior jazz, there are junior jazz programs outside the state of Utah. Um, 
you know, you don't have to get very far across the state line, and you'll Idaho and Wyoming, you know, and you'll find jazz fans. Uh, but anytime your owner is a former junior jazz player, you know, you got to level a local buy-in. You got to like. Well, he's the first junior jazz player to own the senior <laughs> jazz, right? <laughs> By default, there'd be no way around that. Forty-two years old. I was still figuring out uh, how to get the mail at forty-two. Yeah, uh, the you know it'll be interesting to have him on and 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 talk to him if he's up for doing that kind of stuff. Uh, he's alluded to the fact that he's got a gazillion interview requests. Um, but I think that uh, the thing I've been told is uh, he views the jazz as largely a media company. You know, this is entertainment, and some entertainment happens in person. You know, you get 18,300 at, at games when we get back to normal. Um, but there are always more people than that watching on TV, listening on radio, consuming it digitally. For those of you who are going nuts over the streaming, uh, you know, you've cut the cord and, you know, cable and satellite are too expensive and all that. I think that that was about to change regardless of whether the team was sold or not. You know, they, there was a long-term broadcast deal. And the cable and satellite companies saw this coming and signed long-term deals to hold it off as long as they could, and they paid an enormous amount of money at the time that the Jazz really needed uh, an enormous broadcast contract. So this is kind of the price that gets paid for that. But that deal's nearly up, and uh, I think it'll be changed going forward. I, I would, oh, yeah, I yeah, would yeah, be, well, I'd be yeah. really surprised if it wasn't. So I know for a lot of you, this has been a nightmare, uh, but the nightmare is almost over. And I think in the next deal, uh, you know, how it'll change and how it'll be, I don't know that. That's all to be worked out. But uh, streaming's going to happen. Well, I heard him his own mouth say uh, we're a media company. And so, I mean, I, I've heard him. I've, I've had a few interactions with him, not many. We've had him on the show twice. I've talked to him off to the side. I was I talked to him extensively at the uh, Mark Pope press conference. He's uh, tight with uh, with Mark uh, Travis Hansen. Uh, well, we had Travis on. Travis loves him, and I know Travis Hansen very very well. And I picked Travis's brain big time on this. I picked Tom Homel's brain on him for that matter, because uh, Ryan Smith's a BYU guy, and those guys know him. And I think I, get, I don't I don't think I'm out of line in sharing what Tom told me, and he said that you'll be surprised at how much Ryan Smith already knows about what you're doing. So that's the thing about it is he's a local guy. He's been here. So you take a guy like a Blake Anderson, Utah State, he's got to get assimilated real quick. Well, as far and just to the ins and outs of the state of Utah. Ryan Smith already has that in his back pocket. Now he has to get assimilated on how the NBA go, goes and all that stuff for sure. But as far as what this community and state is already about and what we do and what others do in our state, he already knows. He's been here literally forever. Now there's someone who, or forever being his life of 42 years, someone who could live anywhere in the world. He obviously has the resources to go wherever he wants. There's no question about that. And he's chosen here. And he spoke the other day when he spoke to us. That was interesting. He, he spoke yeah. about how, uh, what was his brother and other folks yeah. who, when the pandemic hit, they left where they were to come here to the state of Utah because they knew this is where they needed to be in this situation in which the whole country and world is in. And so some of the stuff that he was saying, uh, you know, was fascinating in that way. And he already has uh, not just a leg up. He has 
a lot of information, and that's what Tom shared with me as far as you'd be surprised at how much he already knows. I think it. Was, I found it interesting. I really want to talk to him about this. That um, when he said that, we talked about. I remember he said London, and I was so busy being amazed at London that I think I think he threw out other U.S. cities, and I think he threw out somewhere in Asia. But I, I got stuck on London. I don't know New York, L.A., Singapore. I, I don't know. It, Family scattered, though, multiple family members. And I didn't know how many of them had dual things going. You know, maybe two cities. One person had a a foot in two cities. And then they were relocating to Utah. But um, there is, uh, within the NBA, over the last five to ten years, there has been a, a new thought that is really getting embedded that players don't have to be in big markets. This is huge news if you root for the Jazz or the Blazers or the Nuggets or the Pacers or the Bucks, and maybe it's part of what's happening with Giannis. As, as the world goes global um, and as everyone gets just tightly interwoven and as technology changes, how does the NBA cash in on that? And how do the Jazz get at the forefront as an individual club and stay in front of other clubs marketing their players It'll still be different if you're in New York and L.A. and you win. You know, that, that will always be different. But the gap between those places and everywhere else uh, can shrink. And I think we've seen it in that, for, you know, the, the L.A. teams have been doing okay, but the New York teams in Chicago have been doing bad, poorly, very poorly, you know. And I think that players can stay put, but how do you cash in on that globally? And I just think in the line of work he's been in with the people he interacts with and the way his family's been spread out, Sounds like they ought to be in a good place to figure that out and cash in on it. Nobody knows what the next 5, 10, and 15 years are going to bring for sure, but the closer you are to the cutting edge, the sooner you can figure it out and, and, and have an advantage over everybody else. Another thing that stuck out to me already right now, and as far as my mind, he's one of the, if not the most influential person we have in Utah, and he, he wants to forward not just the Jazz, but the state of Utah, because he said that Oracle moved from California, I think, down to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. and he said, did people from Utah reach out to present to them what we're about now, man, he's got a platform unlike that he's ever had in terms of visibility. And so I think it goes beyond about just uh, the jazz. It goes for the state. And that's what I said. We know of Larry Miller and Mrs. Miller's undenying, undying love for the state of Utah. Those, that's just a fact. We understand that. I think this man and his wife, they're going to match that. And because they're... 30, 40 years younger now, they're getting, it's, it's interesting, they're basically, it's basically like Larry and Gail Miller part two, in, in a That's sense. That's what Gail referred to. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's almost, I don't know what the word is, uh, coincidental, ironic, funny, ironic. whatever, but they're basically, we're, pull, we're going back to the mid-80s, right, when the Millers bought the Jazz in terms of what they, uh, the Smiths now, what they want to accomplish, and I think it's just not just for the jazz, but for the state. I really believe he has this love. It's his, not my state, it's his state. And I mean, I'm an adopted son. He's a native son. And he wants to build this up and make the state better. And he talks about inclusion and all those types of things. And uh, I'm real excited for, and for his vision because obviously 
he is someone who's been extremely successful to be able to put himself in the position to buy the thing in the first place, right? You have to have all sorts of success. Well, what does it mean beyond? Now, he's the one who's done the five for the fight, and I think they've raised, what, $25, $26 million for that stuff, which can be nothing but good here. So it's a great time to uh, go forward here with this change and to see what happens and who he's going to bring in uh, as far as the ball club, and it boils down to wanting to win, well, you know, that's where I talk to – he plays basketball with, with folks in the morning. He's talked about that. I've talked to Travis Hansen about that. Now, he's not buying this team to not have it win, too. So, for you're a fan, that's what you care about at its core, and I think he's looking to accomplish that, too. You are – I would not label you a, an adopted son. I mean, it, that's accurate, but it's not precise. I think I go back to Rick Majerus with you, which is ironic in its own right when you think about it. Uh, but he had an expression that always cracked. Didn't matter how he said it, but he always had a way of working it in. It's like I'm a citizen of the world, <laughs> and that was because because he was single and he didn't have any kids. He could go anywhere in the summer, and you never knew where he was going to pop up. Watching right. a Cubs day Cubs game one day, and a guy's <laughs> singing during the seventh inning stretch. Like Rick, what are you doing? And that's where I, when I'd ask him that, he'd go, I'm a citizen of the world. You never know. And that's you, because when you think about it, you claim five states as your own. Literally 10% of the country is your own turf. You lived in Jersey, but it was right across the river from New York. You claim that. You moved to Arizona. You worked in California for a decade. And now you're in Utah for, uh, what, 25, well, 25 plus years. So you claim all five of them. If anything happens in sports in one of those five, it's your turf. You're a citizen of the world. Rick and, and I think you also have to throw in confusion there because so often I'm in the state of confusion. Okay, so six out of 51. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time for this segment. When we come back, your feedback. We got people talking football. We got people talking basketball. Stay with us.